Well, it's good to have a song from the Scottish Psalter before we stand up, isn't it? If you don't know what that means, all of our psalms rhyme. Uh, they were translated into the Psalter, the book of Psalms, so that they would always rhyme in English, as, as well as be metrical and be as accurate as possible. So most of the singing you will hear in a Scottish kirk or church are actually the psalms. Uh, that's the vast majority of the hymns that you will hear. So that's, that's kind of nice, and you didn't need to know that. But here's the point. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Why, why did that come from the Scottish Psalter? Because we have a lot of sheep. We have a lot of sheep. If you remember, the first animal cloned was Dolly, a sheep in Edinburgh, Scotland. I remember when I got the news. They said, we've cloned an animal and made a new one. I said, what, what, what a sheep? Oh, good. <laughs> More sheep. We were running a bit low there for a second, but you have saved us now. Uh, when God says, the Lord is my shepherd, it doesn't mean much to some of us. We have this vague picture of, you know, a, a glowing Jesus holding a lamb or uh, perhaps walking forward and there's a flock down there and we get kind of the point, but we're going to talk about Jesus as the good shepherd today. We're going to be going through John chapter 10. We'll be reading it in sections as we go through, but we've got to do some time travel first. We need to get where Jesus was at this. In Psalm 23, which you just sang, it was a different culture, but it was also written by a different perspective. In Psalm 23, it is the sheep praising the shepherd. In John chapter 10, it is the shepherd speaking of the sheep. And so you can get both ends there. You get the bookends with the song you sang and then John chapter 10. But John chapter 10 itself is not an isolation. It comes after a long series of conflicts between Jesus and the religious leaders of the day. Let me stress this next point. Religious leaders have always had a problem with Jesus. Not just 2,000 years ago. Not just in the lead up to John chapter 10. They still have a problem with Jesus. And that's why they cover him up with many rituals, with many rules. Why they go to Paul, an inspired apostle who wrote inspired literature, but they focus so hard on Paul that they don't see Jesus except through a glass darkly, to use one of Paul's own phrases. Whereas Jesus is to be front and center. That's so hard for religious leaders, for it doesn't let anybody have power or glory it gives it all to him. Jesus had been accused and called names. There was confusion. They said, you're confusing the people. You are a blasphemer. You are demon-possessed. You are a liar. These were the religious authorities of the day saying this. Remember that the next time people accuse you or this church. It's just a family tradition. It's the way it's always been. You must be doing something right. They say that you can tell a man by his friends. You can also tell the quality of an individual by their enemies. Jesus had some high-quality enemies. They were the cream of the crop enemies, these people were. So what brought on this sustained attack that leads up to John chapter 10? Well, I know it's hard to believe. Brace yourself. Put your tray tables in their upright and locked position. Put your seatbelts on. Here we go. 
he was talking to common people during the Feast of the Tabernacles. He was healing the sick and forgiving the fallen. And some religious people get very upset when you go about loving people. They only want you to love the right people. The right people being defined as people who look very much like them. When Jesus went about loving everybody, that was, that was just not religious enough to them. And so the Pharisees attacked him again and again, leaving Jesus to declare at the end of chapter 9 that they were blind, steeped in selfish self-righteousness. He said all of your religiosity, he didn't use that word, but he used a, a longer paragraph, I'm distilling it. All of your religiosity isn't doing you a bit of good. Now isn't that, what, that's nervy, isn't it? To look at the religious leaders of the day and say, you see all this, you see all that you're doing? Not helping. It's not doing anybody any good. I tell you often not to be afraid, and I do a large number and growing of seminars for military and law enforcement and international law enforcement and the like. And this week I did another seminar for hours and hours on the science of fear and why we, we cannot fear and how we can move that about. And working with people with PTSD and the like. I have a whole other life. You, know, you don't get to see... Uh, and, that, and that's fine. You don't need to. But my grandson, aged seven, looked at me a, a few months ago and he said, Granda, why aren't you ever afraid of anything? And I looked at him and I said, you want the full answer? Because I used to be. And it didn't help. It didn't fix anything. Being afraid doesn't fix things. I remember 9-11. And I remember knowing my son's over here my daughter's over here. They're both in school. I can't get to my daughter. She's all the way over in Nashville, this weird city so far away that I can't get to it. I was on the coast of South Carolina. My son was closer by. Uh, we all arrive at my house, and people are, are calling, and people are showing up, and, and their response is basically, we're, we're afraid. We should be afraid. And my response was, that doesn't help you. Making the other person afraid can help you, but you being afraid doesn't help anybody. Jesus wasn't afraid. Had he been afraid, had he been cautious, had he been, in modern parlance, politically correct, although I think we can overdo that, we should be nice to people, uh, he, he just, he wouldn't have been able to say things. But he looks at them and goes, you're doing no good at all. Let me tell you what good is. And he launches into John chapter 10. Let's look at the first six verses. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. By the way, that verily, verily in the, old, in the uh, old King James Version. This is another way of just saying, bank on it. This is absolutely true. I aver by my life that this is true. I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by... Where, why are we talking about sheep? Well, we'll get there. By the gate, but climbs in by some other way as a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by, his, by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not, not understand what he was telling them. Okay, what was he telling them? The sheepfold was generally a rock enclosure. 
uh, and I see generally because they did make some with sticks and they did make some with, with uh, mud, but mainly a rock enclosure. You'd stack the stone, very much like stacked stone fences in Tennessee. And you'd take it all the way around and there'd be one opening. You'd bring the sheep in. That's their safe place. The shepherd would sleep at the gate or his, his workers would. He was the one responsible for the sheep. Now, if you climbed in over the wall, everybody knew that was a de facto, that's a bad guy because you're not allowed to climb on over the wall. And the sheep know it too. If you've ever seen sheep and thought, oh, look how beautiful and soft and fluffy they are. I would like to hug one. Don't. <laughs> First of all, it's hard, they're hard to catch. And it, does, it doesn't do them any good. Uh, you can kill them by chasing them. Second, they stink. Third, highly greasy. Very greasy. I know they look fluffy, not fluffy. Uh, have you heard of lanolin, that, that the, the stuff sometimes in lotions? That's all over them. And it doesn't smell like lotion. So the rest of your day, you're going to be walking around going, ah. But, and so Jesus here is saying, if, they, if you come over, they're going to run from you. But they know the one whose voice is their shepherd. He was saying, all these common folk are coming here because they hear my voice. They know who I am. You know, one that's were in a sheepfold, we're a family. Red and yellow, black and white. We're family. But the only way we can stay us is to stay with each other. One of the problems with the sheep is that sheep will never, you will never see a sheep as a contestant on Jeopardy. They're not terribly bright. And therefore, they get distracted. You will never see a sheep uh, trained to walk a tightrope. Why? Too distracted. It's kind of like, look, something shiny. Thump. It's a, it's a muffled thump because they're fluffy. But the, the point is, they leave a greasy mark. The, um, the point is, and there's a point to this, sheep tend to wander. And so Jesus is saying, stay with each other, stay with each other. The Bible speaks a lot about staying with each other. Do not be unequally yoked. Do not forsake the assembly or the gathering. There's a reason we need to be together. The hottest coal on the planet will go cold and dark if it's removed from the other coals. The hottest lava flow from the hottest volcano on the planet goes dark and cold and hard once it's removed from the source. We have to stay with each other. We have to be with each other. We have to keep in the flock. When we're in the fold, by the way, there's something about a sheepfold you need to know. It doesn't have a top. It's not a barn. The sheep in the sheepfold are still exposed to the elements, and you will still have your 9-11s. You will still experience the wind and the cold. God never promises you a trouble-free, pain-free life, ever. He just says he'll be with you and lead you through it. That's the promise of a shepherd. Now, if ever you go to Scotland, you will find sheep all over the mountains. 
and they will have different colors on them. That just shows when they have visited their boyfriend, shall we say. Uh, but it doesn't indicate, it's not like, oh, the blue, the ones marked with blue uh, belong to that farm over there. No, that's not the way they're done. Because the soil is so poor, uh, you can't just have like a ranch and they live on that ranch. They're, they're out in the highlands. And so then the shepherds at a certain time of year go off there and they start calling their call and their sheep will go to them. You don't round up sheep. Sheep go where they are called by the right voice. They will not go to any other voice. In fact, some sheep, they've done studies on this, sheep actually recognize the sound of the motor on the Land Rover of a particular farmer. So when that one drives, those sheep go over there. It's like listening to a tractor. Oh, that's our tractor. And they will, all, they will do everything they can to get to that shepherd. And so we know his voice. He is our community. And that voice, that voice needs to be the only voice we're listening to. No saviors from anywhere else. Next month, I'm going up to do another seminar with um, police. And as I do so, it's going to be up in northern Michigan again. People like to do that because the Canadians can get there too. And uh, without letting them too much into the country. So, they're, uh, uh, they're maple syrup. They're sticky. So, we, we, we keep them there. I have a lot of Canadian friends. I call them maplebacks for coming in here. But anyway, they, they, uh, anyway, they, uh, and they call me some things as well. Anyway, uh, I'll stop at my son's house for a day uh, on, uh, before and then maybe a day on the way back. He has a border collie. And it's a, it's a sweet, intelligent, good dog who is absolutely not impressed by me because I'm not him. Now, it'll play with me a little bit, not much. And if I say, come here, lady, it'll look at me and, nah, because I'm not him. If I was him, listen to every word. He walks in, boom, attention, focus, radar. Me, doesn't care. And that's the way it should be. We used to raise border collies. We know how these, these wee beasties work. And I always loved them. You can do anything you want to, but they're only going to listen to their master. We need to be his sheep, his border collies, only listening to that voice. That's why I stress, read the Gospels over and over and over. That's why I stress, learn the names of Jesus in Scripture, even if it takes us a year to preach through them. Don't get bored with it. You've got to learn how to focus on the right thing. Because when a time of danger comes, you're going to need to know what to listen to. I was doing some target shooting with a bunch of friends years ago. And um, one of the friends beside me said, can you take that apart and put it back together in 30 seconds? I said, no. And he says, he looked at me, he's a little surprised. He goes, why not? I said, never needed to. I, I only shoot paper and rarely has paper rallied and then attacked. <laughs> Got me on my flank. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, we're British, we don't even hunt. You know, only, only the rich English people get to hunt. You know, and they're, they're running around the, the highlands with a shotgun. Ho, 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 ho. You know, you're going, okay, okay, okay. The only job we had was to hold, hold the deer. You know, come on, come on, shoot. And that's, that's how we lost Hamish. But at the point, there's a point. 
I watched these guys as they then did a contest who could break it down and put it back together. It was amazing. But I didn't ask the stupid question, how'd you learn to do that or why'd you learn to do it? I know why. Because they aren't like me. They're combat guys. And they might need to do this. They did it and did it and did it until it was natural. We need to focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus until that's our go-to. That's our emergency. If we have a question, that's where we go to. We support Jesus and we speak like Jesus. We listen to Jesus. That's our focus. Well, if you're not willing to be led by him, you're not his sheep. Jesus is not interested in only being your Savior. He wants to be your Lord, your shepherd. And that should change the way we do things. Let me step into something which is to help you for next week, but also to remind you of something. This is a church that welcomes the voice of women. And I think Kelsey did a, a fantastic job today. Did she not? She did. And by the way, it was lovely having Ken back. And Ken, isn't it? Go ahead, you can applaud Ken. I saw that, yeah. And isn't it a treat to look over and see your daughter lead? Oh my, yeah, but well, they always boss us around. But I mean, in public. I can remember the first time I saw my daughter read scripture at the Rochester Church in, in, in Michigan. And I looked over at my wife and I said, I truly, I can die now because I have, I have seen something beautiful. Um, and my wife said, well, go ahead then. No, she didn't, she didn't. She doesn't say those things, she just thanks them. The, the Next week, I'll be away to speak to a bunch of Navy folk in Whitby Island off the coast of Washington State. Uh, preaching here will be Lauren. And you know that sometimes people attack us over that. But I want to ask you a question. Did any of those attacks sound like Jesus? Does welcoming a woman to speak sound like Jesus? I think so, if you've read the Gospels. Therefore, I want to let you know, because I want you to pray for Lauren. And also, if you are planning to have family in... <coughs> Another week would be good. Because <laughs> we don't want to offend them, do we? We don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. We don't want to upset anybody. So, heads up. Everybody good? We're good. And we're family. This is our sheepfold. We're happy. All right, moving on. Remember how many times Jesus said, and we hear elsewhere in Scripture, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? He also said, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the gates of, the of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. Who are you following? Who are you looking like? There's another thing about shepherds, and I love the shepherds of this congregation because they get this. You cannot, I brought this up a while ago, you cannot drive sheep. You can't. You have to get out in front and lead. So what does God call those that have oversight in a congregation? Shepherds. I've been in churches, some of you as, as well, 
where the elders drove the agenda and drove the this and drove the that. And it, 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 those churches never went anywhere or did well. But the shepherds who get out in front and by their life they lead you, those churches will prosper. So this week also pray for your shepherds. Because a shepherd brings you to a place because they go ahead of you in mission, in love, in service, forgiveness, grace, truth, and says, just follow me. By the way, when you get to the sheepfold, we rest, we organize, we reorganize, we encourage each other, and then we follow the shepherd right back out into the dark world again. Because our, our shepherds with us will be all right. Next passage in John chapter 10. Therefore Jesus said, very truly, once again, this, these are words of the Lord. I am the gate. I am the gate. It's a singular thing for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Look at every religious despot, every false messiah. What was the result? Pain, conflagration, family breakup, hurt. Jesus goes into a place, what do we find? Ending slavery, ending anger, ending of war, love. He says, follow me. You listen to me. But he keeps saying, I am the gate. I think of the woman, uh, I'm sorry, the man healed of blindness. He heard Jesus' voice and cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Mary, at the graveside, when she thought Jesus was gone, heard his voice when he said, Mary. And she recognized him. What beauty is this? They knew the voice. While others held positions of religious authority, Jesus had the voice of God. Jesus is the gate. And I'm sorry, I really am. Because I would love just to say, oh, it doesn't matter. But all roads do not lead to heaven. And all religions are not the same. And if it ha we have to say it, we will say it. And they're trying not hard to car uh, caricaturize any other religion. But Muhammad and Allah require that your sons die for him. Our God sent his son to die for you. This is not the same religion. This is not the same gate. Buddha deserted his family and they starved to death. His children starved to death because he wanted to find wisdom and he gathered others to do the same. Jesus said, you take care of your family. You love them. You raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you care for your elderly parents. Jesus is not the same as the others. We could go on. But through Jesus, only through Jesus, the scripture says, do we receive the blessings of God. Through Jesus, we have peace with God. Through Jesus, we're justified. Through Jesus, we're forgiven of our sins, our faults, our failures. Through Jesus, we're accepted into God's family. Through Jesus, we're set free from slavery and sin. Through Jesus, we have eternal life. And through Jesus, we can sing songs today to God, and he hears them from, as one song said, his bride, others, his children. Notice, it's through Jesus we get all of this, not through perfection, not through our religious ritual, not because we have the right name outside of a building, 
not because we figured out a religious system which makes God happy and unlocks the blessings. No, it's through a person. It's a person. I told you before, my dad didn't meet Cammie until, what, two days before the wedding, I think it was? Something like that. And back in those days, you actually got to go and meet people as they got off the plane. And so we were all standing there, and she's really nervous. I'm kind of nervous too. Not because of dad's reaction to her. I'm more afraid of how she's going to react once she gets to know him. And if she knows anything about heredity, we're in trouble. <laughs> he comes off the plane, doesn't even look at me, and immediately walks up to her and hugs her and tells her he loves her. Now, was that a lie? No. He had chosen to love her regardless of what she looked like. He'd not seen a picture. Regardless of who she was. Because of his son. God has chosen to love us because of his son. Not because of how we look, how we sing, what we look like, and the name on the building. And we've got to remember this. Next passage. I'm the good shepherd. You getting the theme here? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them too. He doesn't just love the Jews. He loves others. That to them was nearly blasphemy. He doesn't just love us. He has other sheep in this area. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall... Can we move? There's not... I can't see the last bit of it. Oh, look. I get more screen here. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. What we're trying to do on the 25th of September is start in reality here. One flock, one shepherd. Reconciliation peace. I have no, listen to me carefully, church. I have zero interest in stealing a sheep from any other church in this community. There are way too many wild sheep out there to be caught first. Let's bring them to Jesus, and let's help other people bring them to Jesus. We got to quit fighting each other. I've not really seen sheep attack each other. I have the feeling it would be unimpressive. And then, oh, by the way, Jesus lays down his life for us because he's invested in us. I worked in a prison for, um, that was my first job out of university. And that was, that was a hard day because I quit at the end of it. Um, I really did. It, it wasn't like on telly where they all have neat little cells, you know, and pictures of their loved ones back home. Uh, it was big communities of people much larger than me who didn't like me. And as I went back into one, I said, I've got to go all the way back to the back of this thing. And the guy looked at me and he goes, yeah, yep, because it's in Alabama. I'd come, I'd come across to the wrong state for this. And I said, what happens if one of them starts fighting? Do you guys come get me? And he said, honestly, nope. And I said, why not? And he said, buddy, I'm making minimum wage. And I thought, new, new job opportunities should arise, I think, now. Can I have my break now? I'd like my break now. Uh, and, and 
But you know, I can't blame him. Minimum wage, going after a foreign guy in the back. Probably had it coming. Um, Jesus is invested enough to he'd come back and get me. Last passage. I'm going to step down because I want to give you time to bring your, your, your whole group back up. Oh, look. Things to trip over. Can I play with the buttons? No, I won't play with the buttons. Um, last passage. I won't turn around this way because you get more Bible than I do. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you don't believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They'll never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. There we go. I knew it would show up. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Did you notice both Jesus and God have a hold on you? They're not getting you. Do you remember, those of you of a certain age, the opening to Kung Fu? If those of you who missed it, you missed nothing. <laughs> it was completely weird. But it would say, snatch the pedal, pebble out of my hand. Jesus is kind of looking at you saying, who do you think can beat up God and me? The world will tell you, oh, you sang the wrong song, you're out the hand. Oh, look at that, you didn't do that right, you're out of the hand. Oh, you had a bad thought, very naughty, out of the hand. Jesus goes, no, I've got you. I've got you. How comforting is that? He is the good shepherd. Would you stand, please? How valuable are you to Jesus Christ? He said that if everybody else in this room is saved and happy and you start wondering, you're who he thinks about and he will pursue you. Because he loves you enough, you are so valuable that he will leave the safety of the sheepfold to go find you and bring you home. Do not fear. Your Lord loves you. Do not fear. Your God goes before you. Do not fear. He's got you. Amen, church?